2: Coming up on today's show, we're back, baby! And a bunch of news happened. Xbox is having trouble in the UK. We got a look at Zelda. And oh my gosh, Star Wars Jedi Survivor is here. everybody, and welcome to another episode of the What's Good Games podcast. Your source for video game news, commentary, analysis, and funny stuff every Friday. I am one of your hosts, Andrea Renee, joined by Miss Brittany Brombacher. Hey, 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 welcome back, Britt.
3: Hey, I thought you know we were gonna have a slow ass return to form, and then <sighs> today happened.
2: Nope, no rest for the rested. I guess. What's good, Rihanna Manuel Pena? Oh my gosh, it's so good to be back. I've been dying to
1: talk about all of this stuff that's been going on. It's been a very noisy April.
2: It has been. I think we were hoping that because other people were taking spring break that it would be quiet. But nay nay. So we had to bring in some reinforcements, everyone. Please welcome back to the show, host of Gamer Tag Radio, it's Danny Pena.
0: Hello, ladies. What's up? Hey. What's good?
2: Welcome back. We're excited that you are here because we got to play some stuff that we're going to talk about a little bit later on with you during the break, or I should say Rihanna and I got to play. But it's good to see you. You've been keeping yourself busy, posting all kinds of videos and stuff. How's GTR doing?
0: Well, we're doing good. Just having fun, recording lots of interviews lately. I think the past month have been like almost weekly (laughs) recording with somebody. Yeah, but everything has been good. Everything has been good. And it's a great time to be a gamer because, man, there's so many good games out, especially now with Star Wars Jedi Survivor I can't wait for us to talk about that so
2: Yes, which we will be doing a little bit later on in the show. But before we do that, of course, and before we get into the news, I want to thank this month's Patreon producers, Chewie Godson, Alex Rogopoulos, Faris Atiyah, Justin Foshi, and Punctified. And welcome to our Patreon community, Philip, Robert, Robbie Cooper, and Suvam Paul. Thank you so much for supporting us at patreon.com slash what's good games, where you can get the show ad free, among other wonderful benefits like us mispronouncing your name in a shout out, which is going to happen a little bit later on in the show. Brittany, we also have some lovely new podcast reviewers.
3: Me too. Oh, God, the voice is back. Strauby, (laughs) one, six, zero. It sounds like strawberry, which is neat. Soggy Sog, (laughs) who is actually a marine biologist. And I'm like, I usually don't like the word soggy. It's like kind of up there with moist. You know, it's like Mm. a weird textual thing. But if you're a marine biologist, I feel like the name Soggy Sog makes sense. Yes. Anyway, thanks for being smart, Soggy Sog. Sammy Rocks, 2014, George Field and (laughs) Dumb... Thank you so much. It's always nice. You know, we just took this break. It was good to kind of get the mental reset and all that. And then you come back and then you read all these super kind reviews. And it just kind of reminds us why we do what we do. And we appreciate y'all. So thanks.
2: Absolutely. Thank you so much for taking the time, ladies, gentlemen, friends of all genders. And we want to let you know a little, just a tiny piece of housekeeping. And we're kind of bamboozling you guys a little bit with this. But surprise, next week, we're celebrating the What's Good Games 6th anniversary. I can't believe it's been six years. Girl, I don't know. What?
3: Thank God for all this Botox is all I know. Or you'd be able to.
2: (laughs) (laughs) My gosh, if our children were as old as What's Good Games, they'd be in kindergarten.
0: (laughs) wow. That's like
3: a perfect example of six years that have come and gone. Now we're talking about our kids being as old as our goddamn show.
0: I still remember the announcement. Still still remember. Oh, uh, yeah. really? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. that's sweet. Was it uh, at, in San Francisco, the old studio?
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. That. And
0: and I also remember when you girls introduced Rhee to it, Paxi. Oh, East, yeah, you so I, remember was like, that? I was like, man, <laughs> she is cute. I got to hit her up.
2: That looks like my future <laughs> wife. <laughs> that was such a fun show. Um, yeah. So many wonderful memories. So we are going to be taking a look back and celebrating with y'all and a little bit of an unorthodox time because... Miss Britt is going to be in Los Angeles for a top secret event getting hands-on with a top secret thing And because she's going to be in town We were like what if we just do the anniversary while you're here instead of us doing it remotely And so that's why we're doing it on Wednesday, May 3rd Mark your calendars and the timing is going to be from 5 to 8 p.m. Pacific So I know that that is not ideal for our friends across the pond across the Atlantic I should say So hopefully if you miss the live stream or can't join us live, you can watch the VOD either on twitch.tv slash what's good games or youtube.com slash what's good games afterwards. But we would love for you to join us again at... 5 to 8 p.m. Pacific time on Wednesday, May 3rd. Check our socials if you want more details. Updates coming early next week. So, today's show is also brought to you by Shopify, BetterHelp, and Echoes of History Podcast. But we'll tell you more about that later. Brittany, now's the time where I pass you the microphone. Hopefully not for the rest of the show.
3: (laughs) (laughs) No guarantees. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, friends. We got hands-on Zelda Tears of the Kingdom previews previews a bunch of select lucky motherfuckers got to go to new york and play the game and there's a bunch of preview coverage out there right now but i want to get a shout out to brian altano who had some fire coverage over at ign so i thought i would just read some of the bullet points that i got from all of his articles and then after that i can kind of touch on some and get my personal pov All right, so the first thing I want to talk about that came out of Brian's coverage was about the weapon durability. And so as we know, there is the fuse ability, and we talked about this before we went on our break, which essentially allows you to fuse anything to your weapon to give it extra durability and some extra whacking power. So Brian continues, and then eventually your weapon will break because, again, durability is back. Then Brian goes on and says, however, before your weapon breaks... You can unfuse it from what you originally fused it to, then fuse a brand new item to it, which should effectively reset its durability. Unfusing a weapon from an item will destroy the item, but retain the weapon, so if you've got a bunch of opals and gems in your inventory, you can hypothetically cycle through them and fuse them to the same weapon over and over as long as you unfuse them right before they break. So essentially you can make your weapons last a lot longer. Has some shit to say about that, but we'll talk about that in a minute. Next up, weapon modifiers. So apparently now weapons have modifiers, and so he says... not. Not every weapon has one, and it's not clear exactly what determines these, but some weapons seem to randomly have special effects. For instance, there's Quick Charge, which seems like it might make charge attacks slightly faster and extra durable, which obviously is pretty self-explanatory. Interesting. Okay, moving on. Design builds. And so, okay, you have Ultra Hand, which is where we saw Link kind of building a raft of sorts to get across a pond in that last preview coverage we saw. From what I'm reading, it sounds like that's a pretty intricate process that you have to be careful... You know, if you're trying to build a raft, it has to have a fan on the back of it to propel it forward, but in order to make it go the direction you want to go in, you have to put the fan in the right direction, otherwise it might go all wonky and go sideways, and that's not good. And so what it sounds like, though, is you can put in all the effort of building this perfect mechanical masterpiece, whether it's something that goes airborne or waterborne or whatever the hell, and then there's a way to summon the same thing that you already created. I think this is probably one of the things I'm most excited about, and I'll go into that in a second, but that's a real really interesting idea. Kind of like maybe recipe cards. Speaking of recipe cards. Cooking, you now have the ability to use a Zoni cooking pot, which breaks after one use, but this means you can cook on the fly. You can cook wherever you are. And Before, you know, you had to fast travel, find a pot to cook in. Of course, you could always build a fire and throw some apples in there and have some shit show food. Like, who the hell would want to eat that? Not me. Don't make Link <laughs> eat that shit, you monster. But now, after you make something, you now get, he says, a recipe database in your submenus that shows you a list of recipes, including which items you'll need to create them, what sort of stat and health boost they'll give Link, and a picture of what the complete dish looks like. I think this is so freaking cute. Anyway, this is fantastic and now you no longer have to memorize it. So that's a really nice quality of life improvement.
2: But are you really memorizing it in the era of Google, right? Like, I always have my phone with me. I just like quickly type that in, right? Right? See, if I touch my phone. I'm not the only one.
3: No, you're not. But if I touch my phone, it's dangerous because then I'm going to get sidetracked with a million different things. Which is Mm, why I try to put my phone far, far away from me when I'm playing video games. So this is
2: why we never play co-op. Because I always ping you and I'm like, let's play. And And you're like, I didn't see it until the next day.
3: I need to have like a secret old Nokia phone that has no access to the Internet. that People can just call me on or text me on. And that way I'm not going to be tempted to go on Twitter or check my email. Mm. Yeah, or you have like a a phone or a
2: tablet with like the Xbox and PlayStation and Nintendo apps and that's it. And then I could just message you through the app, I guess.
3: You could, but I have all my notifications turned off for that sort of thing. So I don't want to get interrupted.
2: No, I meant on your phone. That, oh, on cause, my phone. Because okay. like I know this I, again. I've tried. <laughs> It'll be like ah, Britt has signed on, and I'm like, sweet, let's play crickets. Just yeah, crickets when I so send so the focused. game invite. I don't care who so you focused. are. If
3: I'm in the middle of an ending cutscene, I get a fucking pop-up that's like 69 Butt Sex has messaged you and wants to join your party. I'm like, well, that just was immersion breaking and I want nothing to do with that anymore. So off
0: yeah, the What's some of that name? 69 <laughs> Butt Sex?
3: I, like I don't know what the kids come up with these days. Uh, it feels like it could be in canon for
0: a Yakuza
1: game.
3: Yeah, okay. Now we're talking, see You speak my language. There was a note in here when it comes to cooking that there's no way to hit a prompt on the recipe card card and have it sort through your inventory and automatically cook it for you, which I think is kind of a bummer. But, all right, now that I've gone through all of these, a few things. The one I want to talk about the most is the, let's, let's talk about weapon durability here. So I have mixed feelings about this. I have two thoughts about this. One is I think it's really cool that there is kind of a roundabout way to get maybe get past the weapon durability. I think, you know, if you can keep refusing a weapon with a different item, like I might have millions of mushroom swords, and if that's what I have to do to keep my favorite weapon alive, cool. But I also think it's really silly that this has to exist this way. And this is going to sound weird, but it kind of reminded me of Elden Ring multiplayer, where this game is clearly, like, you can play this entire game with someone in co-op if you want to. It's just a big fucking hassle to do it. And it sounds like if you want to keep your weapons this way, they've built it in such a way that you can keep your weapon and for the people who don't like weapon durability but for, then again for the people who love weapon durability they can also have their way too. And so I feel this is kind of like a wink wink nod nod again like the Elden Ring multiplayer thing where it's like kind of a wink wink nod nod you can play this game with someone if you want to all the way through but it's kind of a hassle. So like whatever. Like I get like there's no middle ground really here. Like there it has to be a middle ground of source People want their durability and people don't want their durability. I am in camp no durability but it sounds like I can kind of circumvent that. So like, cool. Thank you for building that in. You see me. The design build. So, how do y'all feel about, because there was a preview about, and someone in there was saying that this is starting to feel more like a survival game. And I did talk about this the last time we covered the preview footage for Tears of the Kingdom. And some people added me in the comments, like, no shit, it's a survival game. Did you not play the first one? You know what I meant, sir. Don't be a dick. But, like, how are y'all feeling about this direction that I feel like this game is going in? Because from what I'm hearing, it's it's really all about just building stuff. And it, it, they said it, like, great. And I don't remember what preview it was. I'm sorry. But it was, like, you know, in the maybe it was Brian. In the first Breath of the Wild, you saw, like, a place off in the distance. And it's, like, you can go there. You can walk there. And now it's, like, you see that same spot in the distance. There are a hundred different ways to get there. And I'm not sure how I feel about that.
0: I'll tell you this, because I've been playing Zelda since the NES, the beginning, right? The thing that I like about this is the changes, because this is why Zelda, all the Zelda games, the majority, has been successful, because they've been changing every time there's a new game. But if it's the same game, Brittany, it gets really, really repetitive, and there's nothing really new. But now that they're doing it like this, I think I'm fine with it. I don't see any issue. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's fine. I think that's fine. It's good that they've been experimenting and trying new things for the game, man, because I think that's going to help to have like a new new experience with the game.
3: That's fair. I think what it comes down to honestly is just personal preference, right? I'm yeah. someone who loves my Zelda games to be a little bit more linear, like just give me the basic like amazing action RPGs gameplay with dungeons mm-hmm. that I have to go to and I've said this from the beginning. So, and again, like we haven't seen a lot of the stuff that I'm wanting to see. I'm trying to remind myself, like, we're just seeing a lot of the cool stuff that I think a lot of people really flock to. Like, you, Danny. like, you think this is really cool. And I'm like, that's awesome. But I want to see, are there dungeons again? Are there more intricate, like, puzzles? Like, what What am I mm-hmm. going to be doing? And where am I going? And that's where I'm at right now.
0: Yeah, I, you know what? I noticed that Nintendo hasn't been really showing that or talking much about the story. I, this is the first game that I think from, from Zelda that we don't know anything about it. They just showed us how to build weapons and, and certain things and that's about it. They're keeping it like very on the download so far. So It definitely that's felt exciting.
2: like the marketing cycle for this game was much shorter than it was for Breath of the Wild. And I think the pandemic played a very big role in that, right? And the idea that they didn't have really any public facing events that they were ready to show something at, like a PAX or an E3, right? We haven't had an E3 (laughs) that they could have showed something at in time for the launch of the game, and they clearly didn't have something that they wanted to bring to either PAX West last year or PAX East this year. I think that's part of it, but also I think it's okay to leave some stuff for player discovery, because turns out, Brittany, you know better than anyone People are still gonna buy their shit out of this game. Yep. <laughs>
3: oh, you know what? Honestly, I think that's what I'm most excited about <laughs> is to figure out what kind of game this actually is gonna be, what kind of Zelda game this is actually gonna be. And so I'm here waving my stick, wishing about a nostalgia, days of old, but yeah, like fuck, day one. Like, hello. And here's the thing is, I always get review codes from Nintendo the day the game comes out. I'm Same. not even waiting for that review code. I'm gonna buy it at 9 p.m. Pacific the night before, like everyone else. I'm not fucking waiting, even though I know there's a free code coming my way.
0: I think Nintendo is the only company. Company that they don't need to do much marketing because they know people are going to buy. It. They even raised the price; they st- people still going to buy. <laughs> you yeah, know, I'll so. give you
3: more, Daddy Nintendo. It's fine. Yeah. I'll give you my soul at this point. I'm Seventy
0: <laughs> bucks, thirty FPS. Who cares? People don't care. They just want to play Zelda.
2: They had yeah. to meet their competitors, right? I think in their mind, if Xbox and PlayStation are selling first party titles for sixty nine ninety nine, why shouldn't mm. Nintendo? That's a question that's rhetorical. We're not going to answer that because it was a very complicated, long, windy answer. So just pin that. You can think about it when doing whatever you're going to do after you finish listening to the podcast. Rihanna, do you care about Tears of the Kingdom at all? Or are you like, I'm all just anxious for Redfall? I'm more anxious for Redfall. Mm -hmm. However, it is
1: intriguing. I'm excited to watch Danny play. Like, Like, I'm excited to be, you know, Passenger Princess on this one. Um, and say like, go here, do that and like help himself puzzles. But as far as like open world exploration, survival experiences, I'm sort of in the same camp as Brittany, they're just not my jam. And if I'm gonna play something single player, I, I wanted it a little bit tighter. But we'll see. And we'll see how one, I like thing it that, one thing that she
0: hasn't mentioned, she pre ordered the Nintendo Switch Zelda theme too.
1: Pretty girl. I getting mine on Friday. Yeah. It pretty.
0: I was And surprised. all I have is a
1: Switch Lite. Like I don't have an OLED. Perfect. I don't have yeah, yeah. I don't even have a big boy switch. So I mean, like,
0: that's the perfect perfect switch yeah. you got. By the way, one thing I, I noticed and it was announced today, it looks like Nintendo's going to Gamescom this year.
2: It was announced that they're going to Gamescom, which is Very
0: interesting.
2: Hmm. I have a
3: question. That's Am I saying. the only one who's convinced <laughs> we're getting a new Mario announcement and or game by the end of this year?
2: You are not the only one. I'm also convinced that they're holding something close to their chest and that they've got something else coming besides just Zelda even though Zelda could easily carry Switch through the holiday season based off you know how consumers have really tightened up spending right now. They might not see as big of a pop at launch as they typically would because of the global economic climate that we're currently in and I think they'll get that second wave at holiday of people buying who maybe didn't buy you know right now in in May or whatever but I'm with you Britt that I think something else is coming but I mean Mm. they just had a banger of a launch with Super Mario Bros movie which has made over 375 million dollars globally Breaking records to become the most successful animated opening weekend. Wait, how much did you
0: say? Wait, wait. It's no, close no, no, to no. like, it it's close like 800 million.
2: The opening, nope, the nine, opening nine, weekend. The o- oh yeah, the oh, opening, opening weekend.
0: <laughs> Today it went over 900 million worldwide. So awesome. it, it's Dr. about snaps, to snap,
2: snaps.
0: and it's about to come out in Japan. That's so wild. It's gonna hit a billion. Oh, it for is. sure, absolutely. 100%.
2: Uh, Wait, weren't we talking to somebody, Danny, that said it was going to become the most successful movie of all time? That wasn't you, was it? I thought we were talking to somebody when we were at WrestleMania. Yes, that was were, me,
0: being you in Paris.
2: Was it Paris that said he thinks that this movie is going to become the most successful movie of all time?
0: I said that I could see this movie hitting a billion dollars, even over yeah, it's a, gonna, a billion. Yeah, it's
2: going to go past a billion. For and sure. that's for how sure. the
0: conversation started. It was from there.
2: I don't think anybody doubted that this movie was going to do well, even if it critically was bad. And obviously, you know, there are people that don't like this movie. There's never going to be a perfect movie for anybody. I feel like if you mm-hmm. look at all of the movies in the top five grossing that there's a large contingent of people who just hate those movies because whatever reason and the story this week in addition to you know this major milestone that they've crossed is that you know Shigeru Miyamoto had an interview but a bunch of people were just talking about his reaction to the success of the movie and how he believes that all of the negative reviews actually helped the movie do better all press is good Mm. press right (laughs) (laughs) Miyamoto-san So I thought but that how, that was really how? interesting.
0: In one way, though? Because I, I think the fans don't care about the reviews. We were just going to watch it no matter what. So in what way that helped, I think the buzz of everybody saying, oh my God, the movie's so good. I think people went to the movies because of that too, not because of the bad reviews. I
2: think when it comes to like a beloved franchise like Mario, people who have any kind of touch point or connection want to believe it's going to be good. And if you hear from someone that is bad or you read on the internet, it's bad. You want to disbelieve it. At least I know I would be very skeptical of somebody being like it's bad. I'd be like I need to see it for myself. Mm-hmm. So then I would go out of my way to make sure that I watch it to know for sure is it good or bad because if all it got was good praise, I probably would just be like, oh, I'll get to it when I get to it. But if people were like, oh, it's bad, maybe you want to watch like the the train wreck of it all. I don't know.
1: Like cats. You just go check it out for yourself. Oh my god, cats. <laughs> like
2: cats was so bad. But I'm very glad that I watched it, despite the fact that it was truly awful.
1: I also think a lot of folks in the film sector underestimate how popular Mario is. One of the most famous characters in the entire world. It doesn't have to be good, it's more popular than that. So like the quality truly doesn't matter. And I think also folks in the film industry still don't get how big games are. Like
0: one hundred percent. We're bigger
2: than
1: you ten movies. Times the size way like, bigger than you. <laughs> literally over 10 times the size. Like, what was it? Almost $60 billion in gaming just 2022 alone. Like, it's huge. And even if, like, a few people who love the games go see the movie, it's going to be number one for that year, like, without a doubt. So
0: mm-hmm. it might yeah. get up
1: there with Frozen. We'll see.
0: I think another thing I brought up to Paris, where we were having that conversation at WrestleMania, I said, like, think about it. Universal, the company doesn't have a mascot like like how Disney has – Mickey Mouse, right? Mm-hmm. I think now Mario could be that mascot for Universal, even for the theme parks and everything. It's going to help them out <gasps> a lot. Yeah.
2: I mean, Do you don't think so? I think Nintendo has an iron grip on their IP, and Universal's yeah, sure. ability mm-hmm. to use it is very limited because Nintendo wants to remind everybody this this is our character of
0: course, not yeah.
2: universals i definitely appreciate what you're saying it's certainly going to sell universal studios tickets like people are will buy tickets to go to the studios the theme parks That's what I was saying. purely to I was go to super that. nintendo land but as becoming a mascot uh, like for their film brand i don't know i feel like i'm going to have to agree not, to not disagree a fi-
0: not a film, Brad. I was talking more about the theme parks. Sorry about that. The I was theme, thinking re- yeah, the, refills, yeah. Like those areas. yeah,
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Because yeah. think about it. Everybody, they even raised the price. If you want to go to the park and you want to check out Super Nintendo World, you have to pay an extra fee just to go to that, that section of the park. Mm-hmm. You didn't know, right?
2: No, I didn't hear that. That's, I didn't know that. That, yeah. that's gross. I don't like that.
0: <laughs> I mean,. <laughs> I'm you. just saying, how what's going on? Over I mean, there, if you want to
2: charge for like early access or fast pass or things like that, that's fine. That that's standard. All the other theme parks are doing that too. But mm. your basic ticket doesn't let you get in, even if you're willing to like wait in line. Like that to me is like I don't know how I feel about that. At least with like when when Disney rolls out a new area, like I still vividly remember going to Rise of the Resistance right when it came out. We had to get to the theme park at 7 a.m. to make sure we were inside when the lottery opened at 8 a.m. to, But everybody had an equal shot, you know, about, like, if you could get physically into the park by, you know, 8 a.m., everyone gets to submit to try to get a lottery, like, to get on the ride. You didn't have to pay extra to get on Rise of the Resistance. So I don't know. Yeah, I, it's the whole like, new. I it's like new
0: <laughs> no, I, I, I mean, I think maybe it's just now like that, maybe because it's just a new hot thing, and yeah. who knows, people are excited about it.
2: Money makers wanna keep making money, but congratulations to uh, Nintendo on a huge launch for that movie, and <laughs> what's gonna be a banger of a year for us, uh, which with Tears of the Kingdom coming out, and Brittany, we'll keep oh. our fingers crossed. Super Mario Galaxy 3, please. Thank you.
1: Every night nice if go it go drops, off? like, right when the, like, the movie goes to digital, just, like, give it, give it all to
0: us. Just yeah. everything, just, please. Uh, well, if yeah. you live in Argentina, they play the whole movie on t- <laughs> the TV over there. Wait, <laughs> Illegally. Yeah, oh. in Argentina, yeah.
2: <laughs> I don't
0: know why, but... You
2: yeah. know, <laughs> some people's children, am I right? All right, let's continue <laughs> on with the news. <laughs> but before we get to that, I want to let you know that this week's episode of What's Good Games is brought to you by this fantastic sponsor. This episode of What's Good Games is brought to you by BetterHelp. Getting to know yourself isn't just for those wild years in your 20s, everybody, because it's a lifelong process, especially because we're always growing and changing and learning who you are and how to be the best version of yourself is something that doesn't just happen. It takes a practice and BetterHelp is here to help you become the best you possible. Therapy is all about deepening your self-awareness and understanding because sometimes we don't know what we want or maybe most of the time if you're me, and why we react the way we do. And we, you know, talk through things. BetterHelp connects you with a licensed therapist who can take you on that journey of self-discovery from wherever you are. Getting therapy can be a life-changing experience. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills or even how to set boundaries. And it isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. Here at WGG, we love spreading the message of it's okay to not be okay. But even when you are okay, and things are good and going well in your life, taking care of your mental health is still just as important. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you do is fill out a brief questionnaire, get masked with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Discover your potential with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash what's good games today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot slash what's good games. Continuing on with the news, the UK regulator, regulators, that's all I can think about, uh, has blocked Microsoft's acquisition of Activision Blizzard. So this was a really... Wild story to get kind of dropped in the middle of the day, and I have never in my entire career covering video games gotten a direct email from Blizzard. Did you get it to you, no. Brittany?
3: Yes, I shit bricks. I and was like, there was, n-
2: there was no setup, there was no press release, it was just bold print this is our response. <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh. And I hadn't seen the news yet. All I got was the email with the response from Blizzard. I was like, what happened? And the subject
3: line is just all caps, CMA on MSFT slash ATVI. And that's it.
2: <laughs> it's like, who sent this? Who sent this out? Somebody got a hold of like the master press list and just like company-wide like hit the send button. I think somebody on the Dude, PR team is Going to get in trouble tomorrow. Um, it went out at 4:08 a.m. Pacific. Oh, also, wow. it was in the middle of
0: the day, so it was really, really early. Yeah. Very wow. Really, yeah. Rough. Yeah. Wow.
2: Okay. So. After months of investigation, according to VGC Video Game Chronicles, the UK's C Competition and Markets Authority (CMA) published its final report on the 69 billion dollar deal <laughs> on Wednesday, saying that it had prevented it prevented it over concerns that it would quote alter the future of the fast growing cloud gaming market, leading to reduced innovation and less choice for UK gamers over the years to come. So, okay, before we continue... I literally guffawed like <laughs> when I read this because I was like is that legitimately the reason all I could think was rip stadia like what do you mean the future of the cloud gaming market there's what? no one else
0: <laughs> there isn't there's is no one else yeah, but, I mean there is Nvidia and this other other smaller ones too but come of on.
2: course but like here's mm-hmm. the thing why do they think cloud gaming specifically is the reason to block this deal it feels sus to me that that's Master. the reason Sus.
3: Well, they have a
2: big old paragraph here on
3: why they, they feel like they can justify Enlighten it. us, Brittany. Microsoft has a strong position in cloud gaming services, and the <laughs> evidence available to the CMA showed that Microsoft would find it commercially beneficial to make Activision's games exclusive to its own cloud gaming service. Microsoft already accounts for an estimated 60 to 70% of global cloud gaming services, and has other important strengths in cloud gaming from owning Xbox, the leading PC operating system, Windows, and a global <laughs> cloud computing infrastructure. A <laughs> story in Cl- Xbox cloud gaming there? The deal would reinforce Microsoft's advantage in the market, by giving it control over important gaming content such as Call of Duty, Overwatch, and World of Warcraft. The evidence available to the CMA indicates that, absent the merger, Activision would start providing games via cloud platforms in the foreseeable future. The cloud allows UK gamers to avoid buying expensive gaming consoles and PCs and gives them much more flexibility and choice as to how they play. Allowing Microsoft to take such a strong position in the cloud gaming market, just as it begins to grow rapidly, would risk undermining the innovation that is crucial to the development of these
2: opportunities. Oh, my gosh. It sounds
0: very angry. It's, except when yeah. you said Windows.
2: It's so <laughs> stupid. And, of course, the all-bold response that we got over so email bad. from Blizzard was the CMA's report contradicts the ambitions of the UK to become an attractive country to build technology businesses. We will work aggressively with Microsoft to reverse this on appeal. The report's conclusions are a disservice to UK citizens who face increasingly dire economic prospects. We will reassess our growth plans for the UK. Global innovators, large and small, will take note that despite all its rhetoric, the UK is clearly closed for Business.
3: What it's is a, this like, response? Ugly. This someone... everybody's <laughs> angry.
0: Everybody's angry. This but is what... the,
3: like embodiment, email embodiment of someone stomping their foot. The UK yeah. is clearly closed for business. Oh my! god. I'm so exhausted of this whole he,
0: situation. Here's the thing. Here's <sighs> the thing. And I think it was Michael Pachter earlier today. He said, "Look, the deal is going to go through. I don't know if it's going to be this year or sometime next year yep. because of oh, this. God. But imagine. And I, I know there's already other countries already." give it a, it got approved, I think in Japan, I think Brazil too, a couple other places, right? But imagine Europe and other places approve this, right? And UK is the only one saying like, it's not approved. Microsoft, if they really, really want to do this, they could be like, all right, have uh, all these games available on Game Pass and other places, right? All over the world, except the UK. So what's going to happen? A lot of the consumers are going to get really, really angry and pissed because of it. So, and you know, the politicians, they don't want that. So they're going to pass it either way. Yeah. Uh-huh. It all depends on Europe, too, if well, we find out that passes.
2: And the thing that I didn't see anybody in my timeline talking about is that mm-hmm. Amazon, Amazon Web Services, AWS, still is the market leader in cloud. They still yep. have the lion's share over 33% of the market. Microsoft mm-hmm. isn't even the leader. So, like, I don't understand this decision. Like, listen, there's a lot of legitimate reasons that this deal should be very closely examined by people in positions of power within different legislations around the world. Absolutely. I'm not saying that. But this reason that they gave just is like, like I said, it's sus, man. I mean, I'm sure mm. Amazon's just sitting back. Jeff Bezos being like, "Suckers, you didn't yeah. pay the right people, bitches." <laughs> I don't yeah, know I just, what happened, man.
0: I think they just <laughs> don't know about technology. That's what it is. It's is a bunch of old people that don't have no clue about technology. Oh my so. gosh,
2: did you see the TikTok CEO? Oh, my God. Trial or whatever that was that the CEO had to do with the United States Congress. Oh,
0: terrible. Terrible. Oh, my gosh. How terrible.
2: embarrassing for us. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the how we need younger trench. people. Yeah. We need no, young people know. that
0: know, that know about know. technology doing with this.
3: I'm just exhausted by this whole thing. And then you have Epic and Apple still going at it and airing all their bullshit on the Twitter timelines. And I'm just tired. I'm just tired. <sighs> I, you know, I'm, like I was reading this and it, it was just causing my brain to bleed. And I'm like, you know what? Like, it's going to go through more. I give it, like, a, a nice solid percentage. It's going to happen. It's going to be a thing that happens. And I don't know. It's just getting ugly. And I just hate how these companies just try to really, like, negatively fuel the fans. You know, by saying this is a disservice to U.K. citizens, the U.K. is clearly closed for business, It's kind of mm-hmm. reminds me of what epic did with the whole apple situation and it's just i'm tired like we see right through it just fucking yeah. go about your business make all your money and just give us good games and we'll be happy like stop weaponizing your consumer that's the word i was looking for weaponizing things not thingry. cute yeah. Yeah. it's
0: not cute and and, uh, and britney imagine dealing with this for another year <laughs> no
3: no and that's why you're saying it's gonna go through this year next year i was like oh god it's
2: gonna drag on that long it's
0: i'm gonna like much. go
3: gray because of this i'm, I'm over it i'm over it I'm so over yeah. it
2: yeah, yeah. Exactly. Well, yeah. we of course will keep y'all updated when the UK CMA eventually reverses its decision because that's probably what's <laughs> going to happen. In case you missed it, Dead Island 2, which we're going to talk about in the next segment. Global sales have surpassed 1 million copies sold in the first weekend. Yay! Congratulations to the team at Deep Silver and PlayOn and all the other studios involved with making that game. They put out a bunch of fun numbers, you know, fun little stats. 11 million total hours played, 28 million total player deaths, which is twice <laughs> the population of Los Angeles, or Hell A, as they call it in the game. It's 756 million zombie limbs hacked off. Interesting. <laughs> Mm-hmm. That's a lot. Mm-hmm. And over 1 billion zombies slayed. So we'll be talking about our zombie slaying experience, like I said, in just a few minutes. I also wanted to mention this news that came across my inbox that EA has announced The Sims 4 has crossed 70 million players which is Ooh. humongous? Ooh. That is a massive amount of people who are, you know, what's the what's the term? Speaking simlish, but you're making what do you like? What's the term for sex in that game?
3: Uh-huh. Bump and ugly, uglies. So I don't know.
2: I, no, I almost th- said snoo snoo. That's definitely Futurama. <laughs> no, it's like, like making Whoopi or something. It's like a, something really really Bing. silly. Wahoo! Is it wahoo! It might be wahoo.
3: Banging in Sims called...
2: Something weird. Anyway, uh, you look it up, Brittany. I wanted to point out in the press release that EA sent, the base game became available to all new players to download for free back in October of last year, in 2022. Mm -hmm. Since then, more than 16 million new players have downloaded the game, and the average weekly users has increased 53%. Turns out, when you make your stuff free, more people play.
3: I can't find it, but I think it's WooHoo. WooHoo. Is it? Okay. Yeah, I thought not yes. Wahoo,
2: but Woohoo sounds right. The launch Mario. week for the brand new expansion that they just put out called Growing Together, which happened back in March, saw more than any other expansion pack launch, more sales, I should say. The Sims 4 has started releasing packs back in 2015. Of course, it launched originally in 2014. The latest expansion pack introduced the highly requested gameplay feature centered around family dynamics, new life stages, mm-hmm. and milestones as players experience new chapters in their Sims lives. Thank you, Brittany. Ten uh, years old. I didn't realize yeah. that. Well, not quite. Almost. Uh, almost. Following the release of the expansion pack and the free base game featuring the infant life stage, remember you know the hundred baby challenge that everyone was doing. Players oh, yeah. have created more than eight point six million Sims infants in game. I mean that that hundred baby challenge certainly co- contributed, including twelve point two million infant milestones. Oh my goodness. <gasps> Oh, Oh. anyway, uh, congrats to the team at, I wanted to say, Meraxxus. I think that I'm saying that wrong. (laughs) The team that makes The Sims. But I keep looking at The Sims, knowing how deep I've gotten into other life (laughs) sim games. A lot of my friends keep coming back to me being like, why don't you play The Sims? Why don't you play The Sims? And I was like, you know why. Because that's a deep, dark hole that I truly will never get out of if I go down it. Like, you will lose me to The Sims forever. (laughs) One of my favorite things to
3: do in The Sims is create, I talk about, I'm talking about this, like I do this all the time. I actually probably did this a few years ago. I made me and all of my husbandos and then I use the cheat codes where you get all the money and then you make all of your beautiful big mansions and then you make, I said, all like your husbandos, like I had Majima in there, I had all my Kiryu, I had all of them and then they would come over and woo me and we would do the woohoo and that was a time in my life when I needed that. So thank you Sims for being my safe space (laughs) for when I need to bang my imagination. Husbands,
2: ah, Maxis. I don't know why I kept. I was combining the people who make Civ. Anyway, sorry, it was bothering me. I was like, I'm saying the name of the developer wrong. I've been to their studio.
3: How I deal with my deep dark moments. By that's cool, Andrea. It's fine. It's fine. I need better help, not you. Clearly, obviously, (laughs) I am
2: not. I'm not the listener I need to be. I'm sorry. I'm working. I'm working through my ADHD issues. Okay. Thank you for your patience (laughs) and your tolerance. I appreciate you. Okay. (laughs) Moving on. Quite frankly, there was a bunch of news that happened while we were gone. We can't cover it all. I did want to call out that it was a little bit of a tragedy that we didn't get to cover the RIP E3 news after it came out. But RIP E3, I guess. Wait, we didn't? No, we remember. I thought you guys did. So we just missed it. We just missed Missed the official cancellation from the ESA. Like, all signs were like pointing to something's going down. That's right. Yeah. And we yeah. didn't get confirmation until after the show published. So, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm sad about for it. For now. Yeah, for, for now. now. Yeah. People talked about it like it was gone for good. And I'm like, mm, I don't know. That brand is kind I of mean, worth a lot. I don't think it's gone I for mean, good. I mean,
0: can they recover? That's the thing. I'm like, can they? I don't they know. Might how they not be able to
1: recover? quickly, but they'll be able to pivot to something. Like, as Andrea's saying, that that name has too much recognition. I mean, yeah,
2: it recovered from those weird years when I was, like, in Santa Monica, like, in the weird hotels, and then there was the... the meeting rooms? The 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 Kensha Hall year. Like, I feel like E3's been through some bumps, and they've come back bigger, better, stronger. They just, you know, need a new vision, and people Mm. need to believe in what that vision is, and what that vision is going to be remains to be seen. But man there the are a and lot Jeff of
3: need to team up. Right? Call it Jeff Key 3, right? That's what the kids are calling it. Oh boy.
0: Oh. Yeah.
2: The Keelys I've well, also heard too. The Key3. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The
0: Key3. You yeah. know, I heard uh, they were trying to do like the setup it was going to be similar to to Gamescom where they have a whole section that's only for media and creators. And the other section was gonna be more for like the public. So yeah. it was the halls, right? The two halls that were gonna mm-hmm. divide into that. So I don't yeah.
2: know. So that would have been smart because then you can yeah. do you can do like behind closed doors demos without the fear that, you know, people are going to see embargoed content that aren't under NDA or going to uphold the embargo. But as we've mm-hmm. seen, turns out even you no know, credentialed press doesn't care about embargoes some of the time, which is yeah. oh man. Uh, a topic and, for and another it. time.
0: The, the only thing I will say before we go to the next topic is now there's a lot of companies that were supposed to be at E3, and now they're scrambling, trying to figure out how they could still promote whatever product or game that they have f- during the summer, of uh, like Summer Game Fest and, and I think the week after that. So they might have like their own events at a at like a different venue, smaller like a bar or something like that because. It, their plan was to be at E3 to promote their game. And now they're like, oh my God, you're still going to promote it. But how? It
3: makes you wonder if they would do that or just do one of those online demo presentations. You know, it's not like the Immortals same. of Eight. A- well, I mean, I'll say this. Like, I did an Immortals of Avium. I saw the, the preview of it before, mm-hmm. like, all the coverage went live. And I was very upfront with them. I was like, yo, arm break, but I really want to see this game. Looks freaking kick ass. And I mean, that was pretty in depth. And I mean, I guess unless you're looking to do hands on, I don't know why you couldn't just do your first glances, like, through the internet.
1: Yeah. I mean, everyone has a playbook from lockdown, right? So you can just kind of rinse, repeat. Yeah.
2: It really depends at what stage of development they're at and who they want to invite. in the the lift, I mean, again, we're just going to probably rehash all the things we said. The lift you get from E3 just being doing coverage that week is so much more than you would get during any other time when you're just, you know, dropping your trailer on some random Wednesday and then you, along comes the CMA with this crazy Microsoft news on top of your announcement and you're like, why do I even do this job? Table flip. Everyone who I follow in PR was having a day today. Anyway, that's it for the news for this week. We have a lot of games to talk about in the next segment so stick around everybody. We'll be back in just a minute.
3: segment of the what's good games podcast where we talk about what we've been playing and we have been playing a lot but first i want to let you know that this week's episode is brought to you by shopify Shopify is the commerce platform revolutionizing millions of businesses worldwide. Whether you're selling handmade cosplay props or baby ass baby bow t-shirts, Shopify simplifies selling online and in person so you can focus on successfully growing your business. Shopify covers every sales channel from in-person POS system to an all-in-one e-commerce platform. It even lets you sell across social media marketplaces like TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram. Shopify grows with your business no matter how far or big you grow, thanks to a seemingly endless list of Integrations and third-party apps—anything you can think of—from on-demand printing to accounting to chatbots—everything you need to revolutionize your business. And here at What's Good Games, we loved using Shopify integrations to help deliver our custom Patreon merch. And thanks to 24/7 help and an extensive business course library, Shopify is there to support your success and help answer your questions every step of the way. Shopify is ready to empower you with the confidence and control to revolutionize your business, so you can take your business to the next level. And it's time to. Get serious about selling and try Shopify today. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash what's good, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash what's good to take your business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash what's good.
2: This episode of What's Good Games is brought to you by the Echoes of History podcast. What would you do to save humanity? And how far would you go to stop someone who was getting in your way? Okay, that's the end of my serious announcer voice, because the ancient rivalry of assassins and Templars cuts to the heart of good versus evil, and it's not always clear who was right and who was wrong. Travel back in time and explore the captivating world of medieval feuds in the historical podcast Echoes of History, Assassins vs. Templars, a special collaboration between history hit and Ubisoft, the masterminds behind the Assassin's Creed games. Hosted by Dan Snow from History Hit and Matt Lewis from Gone Medieval, the eight-episode season will take a close look at the real history of the secret societies which inspired the Assassin's Brotherhood and the Templar Order in the Assassin's Creed games. Every episode, they are joined by another premier historian to do deep dives into the Crusades, unearthing the myths of the Grail, and discovering the real people who inspired key characters of the game. But don't worry, Whether you're a fan of the Assassin's Creed video games, or maybe you're just simply curious about history, this season of Echoes of History will take you on an epic journey through the hidden corridors of power, intrigue, and conspiracy in the 12th century. Echoes of History Assassins vs. Templars podcast is available right now, wherever you get your podcasts and listen to our show. Listen and subscribe to Echoes of History to discover the hidden truths that have shaped our world and inspired the video game series. That's Echoes of History History wherever you get your podcasts. Listen today and subscribe for more. Thanks for that awesome intro, Brittany. But before we talk about video games, we have to give shout outs to our wonderful elite patrons at patreon.com slash what's good games. It's how you can support the show and support our voices in video games like these wonderful people. Philip Decime, Guy on the stick. Robert Griffin. Ryan Saffle. Bill Rosas. A casual blasphemy. Trick 24. Omega Buster.
3: Caesar Lara.
2: Daniel Hull. Chewies. Godson. Godson. Excess <laughs> Oddities. <laughs> Tara Bruno. Trent Berry. Sean I. Brian R. Johnston. Justin Foshi.
3: Patrick Your Landry.
2: Punk Defied. Rob Leonard.
3: Trent Pennington.
2: Faris And Jessica Bloom.
3: Patrick Weller.
2: Matthew Goder. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do modest. it.
3: <laughs> you do great. Chris Wang. <laughs> Tyler McCall.
1: <gasps> Adrian A-Rock Williams.
3: Chad Jackson Bruce.
2: Oh no. How, is it A Rock? Have we been fucking this up the whole time? I've always said A Rock. I think A-Rock. he says A Rock. Oh no. We should. Adrian fu- let oh us know. This <laughs> is why, they, this is
3: why they, they help us on Patreon. This is why they support us so we can say They
2: tolerate names. us perpetually saying right. their names wrong, like yeah. Ferris says. Uh, okay, Gary Peck. Robert F. Rimmering. <laughs> Carol Baum. Mm. Wall of Bill. Teresa <laughs> <laughs> Eater. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yes, you got it. Good job. <laughs> oh, that was so good. Hason Denbach.
2: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Alex Ergopoulos, Andrew Cotton.
3: Geo Curcy.
2: Nicole Humphrey. John Drake.
3: And Trevor Stocking.
2: Thank you so much to all of you wonderful, beautiful people supporting us. Everybody who is on Patreon, who leaves us a five star review, who is subscribed on YouTube, who follows us on Twitter and Twitch. If you download the show, if you interact with the show in any way, your support means the world to us. We love you. Now let's talk about some video games. Danny, we played a game from Ubisoft with Rihanna, actually, called X Defiant. I don't know why I'm doing this weird X thing with my arms. but So we had a good time playing. So the coverage for this game actually came out a couple weeks ago, but we were on break, and so we weren't able to cover it. So for people who are like, what the heck is X Defiant? I completely missed the coverage. So this used to be called Tom Clancy's X Defiant, and then Ubisoft was like, actually, we're going to just X out (laughs) that Tom Clancy part of the name and make this about the Ubisoft universe, all of our IPs kind of under one umbrella, and they had a closed beta, and the three of us got to play, and essentially I walked away first impressions before I, you know, talk about more about the game. Like, this just feels like a fresher version of what Call of Duty is doing, but also has a couple things I hope they work on. So it's a first person shooter, and it's being developed by Ubisoft San Francisco, and it's currently in development, as I mentioned, and they did a closed beta, and we got to play together. What did you two think of our time playing? Did you uh, have fun? Were you impressed? Were you like uh, bored? Thoughts? Oh, not bored at all. I absolutely loved
1: my time with Exoviant. So I played, I'm trying to think, like maybe like two hour sessions. I want to say like five or six times. So I got a good amount of time in. I've played with every class and I've played it with almost every gun. So if you played during the closed beta or if you missed it, there were a couple of days when because the development cycle was you know ongoing and actively changing they unlocked everything just to make sure people had access to all their attachments they then rolled that back and then you know you had to earn your stuff again but it's a closed beta that's fine but the point being at a certain point you could open any character you could and in- use any faction ability and you could put any attachment that comes with any gun in your custom loadout And it is so much fun. Like, just like you said, Andrea, it's refreshing. Like, it felt like the first time I played a really good team shooter all over again. Like, you have these different factions that come from Ubisoft lore, the Ubiverse, or however you want to call it. And Mm -hmm. they feel really really interesting and fresh, but still nostalgic. Like you have dead set characters that are hacker types. You have cleaners from the division and they're all about DPS and they have like passive fire damage on all of their bullets. You have people from ghost recon who can, you know, throw out shields. You have people who are from far cry libertad, who are my favorite class because they're the healers. So you're throwing down health packs for everybody. Like, like it all felt like it made sense in the world when it's all put together. You also have levels. That are some of them brand new, but a lot of them are from these games. So like you're running through the the noodle campus from over Mm -hmm. from Watch Dogs and it's just cool. Right. Like this is everything I would want if I were to say, hey, Ubisoft, make a team shooter and give me all of your different properties inside of it. The gunplay is really solid. The progression, of course, needs some work, but those are things that they can tweak with some of the information they got out of our playtime in the closed beta, and I just really love the spirit of it. Like, even down to the different Overwatch voices that you hear will change depending on which faction you choose. Like, it's just done with so much care and so much respect for each of the individual properties that these characters in these worlds come from that I just had a blast with it. Absolute Mm, blast. like,
3: I'm watching this, and as someone who isn't, like, an FPS guru like you very much are... It just looks like a, a shooter to me. So is it the kind of thing that you have to play to feel how it feels fresh and how it feels different? Like, what about it? Yeah,
2: you definitely, if you play a lot of shooters, you'll you'll feel the difference. and You'll notice the difference. So the team at Ubisoft that we got to hear from during the press preview gave us a little presentation ahead of time before we got our, our hands on time. And they called it a classic fast-paced arcade shooter, which is, you know, very much like what COD is, right? But the main difference here is the factions and how the factions really impact the way that you're going to play. What I really think is interesting is that they're taking the elements of a hero shooter, sort of what you get with Overwatch, kind of what you get with Rainbow Six Siege with your operators, right? Like this very unique thing that each different character has, and then combining it with that really classic fast-paced arena-based shooting in teams in 6v6. And so they have casual and ranked. It's going to be free to play with cross play which I think is great and they put out a very ambitious season plan where they're saying every three months is going to be a new season, new factions, new maps, new cosmetics, balance updates, and then all weapons and attachments are going to be earnable through progression, which I think is great. I mean, the best way to get people to play this game, make it free. Now, we didn't get enough time with it to really see how that progression is going to play out over the course of a season, of course, um, because I think that's what's going to get people coming back as the rewards are, because that's why you know, the three of us could jump back into Fortnite, right? It's like, gotta fill up the battle pass. <laughs> oh, yeah. um, gotta get them dancing. Exactly. Yeah. So Danny, what did you think about the way that Ubisoft was handling the the lore and the IP? Because you play, obviously, a lot of Ubisoft games. Do you think that, that is impacting your enjoyment or do you think the gunplay is good enough to stand on its own?
0: Yeah, you know what? Because I, I love The Division. It's like one of my favorite games. So I was I was telling Rhea, I'm like, I'm going to go cleaners all the way. And uh, I've been enjoying it a lot. I think the last game there was a shooter that was free to play from Ubisoft and that's during the time that I started playing with Rhe online was Hyperscape. And wow. I didn't like that game at all. I'm like this is not good. Now, was this that the one, one where
3: you had the big balls that would fall from the sky and you can the go Battle in
2: Royale, Royale set in Battle space. Royale. Yeah, the kind of like yep. futuristic city. Okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And okay, it didn't work it. out. And here's the thing. Too many companies are trying to do like the Battle Royale. That's like the new hot thing, right? Still, right? <laughs> but I think I'm glad that Ubisoft are doing something different that is similar to like Cod because in order for you to play Multiplayer on COD, you gotta actually buy the game. The only thing that is free is only Warzone. Mm-hmm. So by them having something like this, now a lot of people don't have to like buy a game to just go straight to this, and this is their type of game. They're not into battle royale, so I think that's a smart move. And I'm excited to see future games from Ubisoft that's also free to play. I think Heartland, that's another one that's gonna be really good. That's part of the Division universe. So they've been they've been killing it. I think lately. With, with this and also with Heartland that's coming up in the future. So I'm very excited. And another thing we, we forgot to mention is like the game modes was available there. The one that I, that I love the most was Hotshot. So Hotshot is like um, kill confirm. The only difference is when you're there on a ma- in the match, you will find a uh, golden coin. And if you get that, you get like double the points and your character moves a lot faster, but everybody's after you because you're the one that have like the most coins. Uh, you're for, the hotshot, yeah. The oh. hot shot, exactly. So that's, why, that's my favorite mode so far from, from the whole game.
2: To me, the hotshot is the only mode that actually felt unique and different. I yeah, didn't agreed. walk away okay. with the same rose colored glasses that, that you guys maybe did. And I obviously mm-hmm. am a diehard like Ubisoft fangirl. I, I love a ton of their games. I think because they're just coming out of transitioning the branding of this game from being a Tom Clancy game into a Ubisoft universe game, we don't know yet how this is going to be different because right now it still feels very like military shooter because that's Tom Clancy's brand, right? It's like police shooter, military shooter, you know, like procedural squad base. And there's nothing wrong with that. I just felt like all of the modes were the same shit I've been playing, domination. Occupy, mm. escort, zone control. Yeah. So if
3: they can lean more into the IP, maybe yes. if every IP and make the gameplay based off of and that. And I think
2: that mm. it's safe and smart of them to launch with things that are easy for people to get into and easy for people to understand. Because if they were gonna uh, launch with like some weird Assassin's Creed, you know, <laughs> PvP mode, you know, is either gonna go gangbusters because people miss Assassin's Creed multiplayer, or it's gonna fall on its face because people are gonna be like, This is weird. I'm just gonna go back to playing my normal, you know, playlist that I play in Warzone or in COD MP or whatever. So I think it's great that they're making something to compete and something different in the PvP shooter market that feels like an arcade shooter because we don't honestly have a lot of those right now. I know it feels like there's a lot of shooting multiplayer games, but they're like you guys said, they're all battle royale for the most part. I'm excited mm-hmm. to see where they go. The maps were done really well. Ubisoft as a publisher All of their individual studios have a commitment to art and production design that I love and think that their world building and environmental storytelling is exceptional. And I really hope they bring some of that in and drop lore nuggets like we see Fortnite do so well throughout their seasons. Like they have this weird like secret you know, lore stuff that they hide in their games and Call of Duty did that really well as well. So I'm hoping that they lean into that and I think it'll be really good for them. But I feel like a lot of what I played, I'm like, this is just feels really samey, but not bad. It's just like more of the same, but I want it to be better than what we already have on the market. I want it to be different, more innovative. So yeah, I'm hoping that the they get there. The only
0: thing, the the only thing, Andrea, I think this game is different there are other games that they have, right? Because this one's a lot faster. It's so like Rainbow Six is not as fast as this, right? Very different kind or, of or
2: gameplay, yeah.
0: Very yeah, exactly. So that's the only difference now when you compare this to like Call of Duty, yeah. But it's not some, as
2: fast as Call of parts. Duty, though. It was very noticeable it's to not, me that you know the Call of Duty is like very really, fast, really fast paced. Yeah. And this is really, like really slower than that. And so I'm like, Mm -hmm. are they hitting a sweet spot or are they hitting a no man's land?
0: Or this is not even the final game. Probably yeah. will, it's not. Will be a little right. bit faster when we see it, you know. And another thing I have to bring up that I'm surprised that didn't mention this. So she went to the training, I the got training a room. To talk
1: again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I Sorry. We, oh, go ahead. we just going off.
0: <laughs> <laughs> go ahead, I'm not gonna say anything. Go ahead. Bro.
1: Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. I mean, it wasn't open for very long, in the when the beta first launched, but the day one, they had their training grounds open. So there's three things you can do in there. You can do a normal target practice, where you can see the different spread of the, the gun patterns and, and figure out what damage you like the best for your character. You can go to another place and test the different abilities with all of the faction characters and then there's another one where it's just like a like an obstacle course with some targeting but through all of them they have rabbits hidden throughout them yes. and you can see them as you're like <laughs> running around so I do think they're going to do some easter egg lore building you know further down the line it, it definitely looks like that's something that they're thinking about. I, well, I know that
2: they cool. are there's no reason they would drop the Tom Clancy moniker if they didn't have big plans but that's what I'm hoping for I'm like bring Rayman is where is where th- that crew <laughs> Uh, you know, obviously, I, I'm a big fan of of the rabbits and Assassin's Creed, and Ubisoft has a lot of, you know, kind of hidden IP that I think people forget because their stable is so big and they've been, you know, just focusing on a couple of titles. But even like the Ghost Recon stuff and the Splinter Cell stuff that's already in X Defiant, I think is super cool. I think all the different factions that they've come up with are awesome, right? So there's going to be, I think, six factions at launch, they said. Echelon, Cleaners, Libertad, Sec, Phantoms, and then they didn't confirm what the sixth one was.
1: Oh, my gosh. If it is assassins, then I would just <laughs> be, be so, so cool. excited to just, like just walk up behind people and shank them. And be like, <laughs> like,
0: that would be uh, awesome. Because
1: you can't one-hit melee in in this game right now. Ah. So, that would be lovely.
0: Andrea, but believe it or not, I think the only difference between this and Call of Duty is the factions. The, the powers that you have in the in the game, it's not, I don't see that in any other first-person shooter. So that's the only part of the game that is very different than the other shooters. Yeah, I
2: mean, think. that's why it feels more a little bit, in that sense, more like an Overwatch, like a hero shooter where you do have sure. abilities and, and things like that. But that's why I think they are hitting this really unique blend of the two. But it's like I just, you know, I, I, I had fun. Again, I'm not saying I'm not saying like, oh, it sucks. <laughs> that's not what I'm saying at all. At all. I had a great time. I'm just saying right now with the game modes that they have, it just felt super samey to a lot of experiences that are already out there. And I know a lot of people who are very into COD MP. So it's like, what is going to be the hook to get them to leave the ecosystem that they have already sunk a lot of time, XP, money, and progression in to come and play this game instead? Like what's going to bring them over? Is it going to be the factions? Is it going to be, you know, the IP of the maps and getting to see cool worlds that they recognize from their favorite franchises? I th- personally think it's going to be the cosmetics because Ubisoft crushes it in the cosmetics department. <laughs> so fingers crossed that they show us some, some really cool stuff when we get a little bit closer to the game actually launching. But so much more to talk about, Brittany, your list of games Dude. is vast. Dude. So I feel like you should maybe highlight a couple things that we're not gonna be able to I talk about. It highlighted. All.
0: She wrote a book. She wrote a book.
3: <laughs> I literally highlighted the two games I was okay. talking about this week. But so y'all know what the fuck I've been up to. So I finished Dead Island 2, Trinity Trigger, Melon Journey, Paranormal Sight, and Infernax. All those are relatively shortish games except for Dead Island 2 and Trinity Trigger. I started Star Wars in Hades. I started Hades for <laughs> me. Yes. And I love it. I had a sexual awakening when I started it. with Ze- Oh, my God. I agree. It's like, okay, everyone in that game is hot and it's Mm -hmm. unfair minecraft legends which i'm almost done with and final fantasy pixel remaster that said i can cover all that stuff coming up but i do want to talk about dead island 2 if we're all ready yes let's go let's talk about Dead Island 2. So I don't even remember what the official release date for this game was. April 21st. Because
2: remember, they moved it up a week. It was supposed to be on the same date as Jedi Survivor. And they were like, actually, let's not. Let's not do that. (laughs) Let's let's release
0: it early.
3: (laughs) Right call. Right call. Right call. Yeah, so you know, we all know this game was announced in 2014 and it is finally here. It is a thing and it exceeded all of my expectations. I feel like just by playing Dead Island 2, you would not know that it went through complete and utter development hell. And I think that is is such a testament to all the studios who were responsible for what this game ultimately became that we saw at launch. Yeah, so I mean, I really love it. Th- this is one of my favorite games of the year. And I think this is sort of the game that you just need to go in with the right expectations, yeah. right? Like what kind of game are you looking for? Are you looking to have a really good time and explore some of the best level design you've ever seen? Then you are gonna have an am- amazing time. Do you want visceral combat with like countless zombies and funny witty in-game dialogue? you're going to have an amazing time with crafting etc if you're looking for an in-depth like narrative then like you're out of your mind no one comes to Dead Island for that (laughs) but yeah like I just had so much fun playing this so I started playing co-op with Jason but he oddly got really bad motion sickness from this game and he never gets motion sickness so it's kind of an outlier was he able to turn those settings
2: down in the accessibility like the camera sway and things like that
3: I don't think there was a camera sway the only thing we saw was motion blur and the field of view that you could change and that didn't do anything for him so you know maybe he's just getting older you know when you do play co-op the other person's screen and the person who's hosting your screen does lag a lot more than if you're just playing by yourself And so that could have had something to do with it. I even at first felt a little, eh, maybe I just got used to it or maybe I learned not to swing my camera around so quickly. And then I was fine, but this is a very busy game. There's always a lot going on. You know, there's generally always a zombie or two or three or 10 near you. And you're always looking down, looking up, picking up loot, aiming for the legs, aiming for the arms, aiming for the head. So if it is something that you struggle with, I would say just, you know, be patient and maybe try to adjust those settings, even though they weren't super helpful for Jason. But yeah, yeah, like I just have nothing you know neg- I mean I have some negative things to say but nothing so terrible that I would say like I can not I have to recommend that people play this game despite what you've heard from the development and I think the reviews have been relatively positive as well I think I was nervous not playing a co-op that I don't know if it would if, if it was going to be able to hold my attention because generally in these sorts of games that are especially light on narrative it's hard for games to hold me but I think I enjoyed this more playing by myself because I was able to fully immerse myself into these levels these houses you go in and Andrew, you touched on this in your preview. The houses you go in all feel like they've been so intricately handcrafted and that someone took time and I kept care taking screen screenshots ev- of the
2: plants yeah. inside the houses. Okay, I wasn't that <laughs> I was like, far. Look at these beautiful plants and their cute little pots. <laughs> I'm like, somebody <laughs> took time to design this <laughs> and it's so perfect. I want oh. it in my house and I kept taking screenshots. Dude, and John's like, I was like everything. what are you taking pictures of? He's like, another plant? And I was like, leave me alone.
3: <laughs> Leave me alone. Let me live my life. I mean, I went to every single house, and every house had a theme. There was the goat pen, which is the streamer house, right? And obviously, whoever made that level, a whole area, knew what they were doing because everything made sense. Everything is as you would expect it to be. There was even an apology script written on a whiteboard somewhere, which was absolutely hilarious because someone fucked up somewhere. Oh, I think they were making fun of the, the um, zombie outbreak or something like that, and they are like, whoops, I should probably apologize for that. And, yeah, you know, I just think the, the level design kept propelling me to want to keep exploring. I loved going to the different areas in Dead Island, whether it was Bel Air or the Pier. I think one of my favorite locations was Monarch Studios, which is this really fun play on Universal Studios, right, where you have all these different sets that are so perfectly made. And every area you go to has just been built around what it's supposed to be. So if you're at the beach, you're going to see zombies in swimsuits. If you're at the Monarch Studios, you're going to see people in studio gear and audio people. And it was just so much fun just to be in this world and play the game. So when you're actually playing the game, you know, you I think the main draw of this is the crafting and the melee combat. And you know, you pick up resources as you're playing and then you can go to workbenches and you can craft upgrades yada yada yada. I would say, you know, for the most part, the crafting was fine. It's not the best crafting I've seen in in these sorts of games. I think Dying Light does it a lot better. I like how you can make more off-the-wall items in Dying Light. But, you know, you're still able to make flaming swords and whatnot, which is pretty cool. And then at some point, you do unlock some really awesome mods that, unfortunately, I found that despite all the exploring I was doing, I wasn't able to find enough crafting materials to make what I wanted to make. But I know I'm not the only one who's played this game. I'd love to hear, you know, what y'all think about it too.
0: i play the game i love the game nothing negative right so the only thing that kind of bothered me it's not open world exactly like the previous oh, see,
2: that bothered you
0: i felt like the game felt small the way how it was designed, oh, see, for me personally i think
2: that was so smart of Dambuster studios we're talking about a team that inherited yeah. two different teams worth of coding built for the previous mm. generation of consoles and now they have to like shepherd it into this new console generation. New. We've been in it now for three years. And I sure. think if they had tried to take a game that started development in like what, 2012, 2013 and make mm-hmm. it open world and tried to put it out next to a game like Jedi Survivor they would have gotten their lunch eaten. Like, right? The,
0: it would have been buggy. Eat, it would the have internet buggy. would have been I, I so
2: mean to them because there's no yeah. way they would have been able to do it successfully. <laughs> (laughs) Right. And so I think that them, they looked at their limitations. They said, let's just do what we know we can accomplish, which means instances. And I think it actually works in their favor. I did not care that there was loading between sections, did not care at all because the console loading was so fast. I was like, boom, boom, in and out. And if it meant that I had fewer bugs and didn't have to deal with open world glitches, I was here for it.
0: Yeah, I'm not, look, I'm not saying the game is bad. I was saying that was the only point. No, you're allowed to have your opinion, Danny. I I
2: didn't mean to like, you know, jump on you a little bit, but... I just wanted to come I in with like my, attacked. like, don't forget <laughs> the board developers. <laughs>
3: and no, also, course. Too, I think say, yeah. too, I think every location, though, it, does, it feels like it could be open world. Like, there are actually moments when I was, especially when I was at Monarch Studios, there are some different paths you could go. And I'm like, how big is this map? And sometimes I was worried it was going to be a little too big. And maybe that's just where I'm at right now with my free time. I don't have time to do a huge open world. So I actually really appreciated that they were more contained. But at no point did I ever feel like I was in a little mini sandbox of an area because I feel like the levels are so well designed that said I freaking hate their in-game map I hate it with a passion I don't like how they use an actual map and it's hard to see your locations it's hard to see where you are compared to where you have to go your objectives because it all like blends in and you don't unlock fast travel until you're like halfway through and it was just a pain to navigate, and I really didn't like that. Hate is a very strong word. I don't like using that word, so I strongly disliked the map in Dead Island 2. I will say that. That was a gripe of mine. Also, there's too many zombies, and I know that sounds really dumb, but they have, I they think they're zombies on a spawn mechanic because I would clear an entire room and then turn around and then there was just like six more zombies that must have literally just manifested. At one point, mm-hmm. I did see one just kind of materialize in yep. front of me. I'm
2: like, oh, so that's Same, how zombies Yeah, it literally just yeah. like <laughs> appeared out of thin air. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah.
0: yeah. yeah. But it was fun fighting the bosses. In the game, that was pretty mm-hmm. really cool. Some of them were very unique, too. I was like, oh, I see, I see. The, the
3: Apex zombies. Those yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. No, it was yeah. good. It was really, really, really good. I enjoyed it.
3: Yeah, and I mean, I had a great time with it, and the skill cards were fun. You know, once mm-hmm. I found my shtick, I didn't really move them that much. You know, it was mostly like use a first aid kit and you send out like a shockwave in front of you. That one or was OP. Go- I
2: don't think there was any oh. reason to not use that card. That card rocked. No,
3: it was the best. Yeah, or when you go crazy. You, you know, do extra damage X, Y, Z. And I won't get too much into that because now we're talking about late game stuff. But yeah, I mean, God, it was fun. I played as Carla and she was hilarious and I loved her she just really added a, a nice whimsical flair to an already whimsical game. And I thought maybe that would be a little too much, but I really liked her attitude. You know, there are some, you know, more serious s- instances that happen in this game. And especially with some of the NPCs you meet. And she just kind of had this carefree, upbeat attitude. And she just, you know, would see someone, you know, with his hand balls deep in a, in a dead zombie. Dead zombie, I don't know if that's a whatever. Uh, <laughs> but she was like, hey man, cool, you do you. I'm going to go this way. And I was like, all right, that was a nice light way to look at that situation when most people would probably freak out but like you do you girl and so i really liked her as a character and i just had so much i've been thinking about it but i've been thinking about going back and doing the side quests there's over 30 i think side quests and 24 main missions and i I just want to go back into that world but the the side missions for me like just aren't really worth it at this point i have enough xp I i have enough crafting blueprints there's really no incentive for me to go back except for i think obviously we're going to get more story at some point but yeah Man, it's such a good game. I'm so proud for that team. So happy for them. You Yay. win it. You win it. These sorts of stories don't really end this way. So it's, yeah. it's I great. think we all had
2: expectations it. that it was going to be mediocre at best. And listen, they're not reinventing the wheel here. I think all the review scores touched on the fact that this feels a little bit dated, but it's really fun. That's okay. Like not every game needs to reinvent the wheel. And that's, you know, what I said in my preview too and it's if you're looking for a game where you can just smash zombie skulls and kind of have some mindless fun the writing is excellent in the game surprisingly and as somebody who's lived in LA for a very long time they nail the design of these different (laughs) sections of LA like I walked into one of the restaurants on the pier in Venice. And I knew exactly which ocean view restaurant that was because it used to be the place that I would take relatives when they would come visit me when I first moved to LA and they were like, let's go to the boardwalk. Let's go to the beach. And I'm like, I've got the restaurant that's like right off the water. It's right on the boardwalk. And I found it in that section of dead Island 2, And I was like, the team crushed this. Whoever <laughs> did the research and took all the photos and got all the, pictures or whatever, like, they they nailed it. So, it's as somebody who's spent a lot of time at those different locations in LA, yeah, I I really enjoyed that aspect of the game. Anyway, we've got even more games to talk about. Rihanna, you found some eggs that didn't drive you insane this spring season. I'm happy to hear (laughs) it, my friend. I actually
1: enjoyed an Easter activation. Oh,
2: boy howdy.
1: Was I excited. So, for those who don't know, Disney Dreamlight Valley, which is still early access, take a shot, John Drake. Oh, it wow. is technically—it's
2: not even technically—it's just yes, it, it's an early access. Yeah, yeah. It's
1: still an early access. They had their version of Egg Day around Easter time, so the last few weeks, and it's still happening right now. You can still collect eggs in the game. But the way they did it was so much more approachable. It's not... First of all, you don't get egg content instead of other content. For those who don't remember my rant about Animal Crossing...
3: (laughs) Oh, yeah. How can we forget...
1: It was exactly overlapping with the Cherry Blossom Festival, and all I wanted was cute cherry blossom shit. I wanted pink things with dark wood to put all over my little house, <laughs> and all I got were eggs, and it was very upsetting. Uh, <laughs> Literally, all I got was, I got one recipe, one, one recipe, and then it's Just a f- yeah. whole bunch of fucking eggs, so... <laughs> Disney Dreamlight Valley, it was much more enjoyable. Some bushes, I think three total in your your entire valley, start spawning eggs. You find eggs randomly on the ground. You can combine those two eggs into seeds that grow eggs, and you can plant those anywhere. So it's not as intrusive. You have the three different types. You can make different recipes out of them. And if you, I think, collect enough of each type... Do a few recipes specific to eggs, make a few items that are different combinations of the eggs and furniture, and then place it around your your valley. Then you unlock special little bunnies that can be your companions, and they're really, really cute. So I enjoyed it. On the whole, it wasn't a terrifying, creepy bunny that haunted my dreams and made me (laughs) cry. And I enjoyed it quite a bit. Also, we have new characters. We have lions. Yeah, lion buddies. And uh, yeah, I have now 100%ed all my characters. They're all maxed out. I'm just waiting on one tree (laughs) to mature. And then I believe I've done all the quests. Even playing around with some of the the WALL-E late game quests that you can do. For no particular reason. I don't need the XP. It's just fun fun to talk to Wally he's cute he is so I'm having a great time with Disney Dreamlight Valley I am beginning to think about how I want my final valley design to look I've been very much inspired by one Andrea Renee's valley oh which is absolutely beautiful it's like Pinterest worthy and mine looks like a big huge garbage (laughs) pile so I'm gonna work on that next
2: I did post a <laughs> single screenshot of my Mad Hatter teacup party that I have been building in the glade, and I've had some people ask me to do a video tour, so I might have to have to put that together. But Ooh, maybe on the but, stream. Um, well, you know, I haven't oh. done I haven't done a stream in a while. Maybe it's time. Maybe it's time.
0: Our
3: anniversary <gasps> stream, girl. We'll take us. To That's your a great island. idea, yeah. actually. It was Ray's
2: idea. I can't steal it. I so it'll you.
0: be so it'll be kind Down of floor. like uh, like MTV Cribs, but you're gonna show your
2: <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> your exactly. I mean, because I I did island tours. I mean, I spent a lot of time streaming Animal Crossing. So thank you to everybody at uh, on our Twitch community for joining me for all those. Streams were probably quite tedious for some for some folks. But, yeah, that's basically where I'm at in Dreamlight Valley is that I'm just like in full decorating phase, waiting for the June release. I do appreciate that the team at Game Loft is listening to fans and people in early access. I appreciate that they're doing updates could give it gives you a reason to come back to the game. I'm excited to see what they're going to do with multiplayer. Not super excited with how expensive things in the shop are when the game is still paid early access. It kind of feels a little punitive to the people who are helping you beta test the game and pain for the privilege to do so. I'm like, maybe you bring the prices down a little bit right now and then you can bump them back up when the game goes free to play and won't feel so egregious because the shop prices are I'd expensive. would rather
1: make less pumpkin puffs. You yeah. know, just Well, you can't
2: even puffs. buy stuff with your coins at a certain point. It's the moonstone price for the stuff in the shop that I'm like, this is too many moonstones. Needed to be lower <laughs>
0: moonstones, please. Thank you.
3: Danny, do you know what they're talking about?
0: I have Sorry. no idea. Oh, I know <laughs> okay. that replays on the Steam Deck, and that's why. Yeah.
2: That's moonstones I are the premium the currency that you buy background. with real money. So they finally uh, released okay. stuff that you can buy with money. So obviously, there's stuff in the shop that rotates, and Scrooge, you and I are in a fight. You gotta give me the better furniture updates. Everybody makes the same complaint.
3: Scrooge or Tom?
2: <sighs> Who's worse?
3: Which one would which one would you rather punch in the face more?
0: Wow, that's violence. Mm. Scrooge Tom for type. sure.
3: Great. I say Tom. Uh Oh, yeah, fuck that guy. That's too much. Kay.
2: I mean, okay. I just wow. wanted more storage. I yeah mm, yeah. But Tom Nook didn't, like, dance with glee every time you paid him for something. And Scrooge McDuck, like, like mm-hmm. clinks the coins together in front of you, like, ha, ha, ha I got your money. I mean, and I'm like, shut up, Scrooge. The man goes
1: swimming in gold. What do you expect? He loves that shit.
2: <laughs> so you're okay with it because he doesn't hide his greed.
1: Yeah, Tom Nook just put it in, like, a money market account and walks away from you. Like, it's so boring. <laughs>
2: God, I hate that. Money guy. markets are a conservative way to invest, okay?
0: <laughs> yeah, and Scrooge has the uh, best theme song for a cartoon back then, DuckTales.
2: That's true. That was, Tom doesn't, that was a banger.
0: And Tom Nook doesn't have one. So It's
2: true, he doesn't. He, doesn't. <laughs> he um, doesn't. But listen, before we go off of a deep, deep hole where all I do is talk about Disney Dreamland Valley, we have to talk about the biggest game of the month, arguably of the year, question mark, so far. Oh,
0: you know what? It oh, is. Maybe. It is so far. So, so, far, far yes.
2: I, so far, I feel like it's definitely in contention to be top game of the year so far. Obviously, Ooh, we've got a lot goady. of big boys yet to come. But have we all spent some time with our lightsabers? Yes. I think I'm
1: the only one who hasn't
2: touched it at all. Star Wars Jedi survivor, baby. Thank you to EA for sending us codes. I assume EA also sent you a code, Danny. So far, this game is, is great. It's everything I wanted. Brittany, I would love to hear from you as somebody who doesn't normally, you know, live in the Star Wars universe, what you're thinking of your time so far.
3: Yeah. So, okay. So I'm maybe only five hours in. And unfortunately, I did lose a couple hours of progress because of the save file corruption shenanigans. So that was kind of a bummer. But if I had to describe Cal, it would be vanilla soft serve and the most bland cardboard cup you
2: can think of. (laughs) I feel like. Oh, no. Damn. Damn.
3: No, no, listen now. This is, again, remember, I'm only five hours in. The first two hours of that game, I, I admit, I had a really hard time getting through. I thought Cal was just kind of boring. And I, I think this is how I felt with Fallen Order too, though, in the beginning. I ended up loving that game, one of my favorite games of the year. It kind of bait and switches you, right? You're introduced to certain characters, and then, you know, they're not really part of the story as of... Uh, nah, nah. And then you move on, and there's just lots of metal, lots of story stuff that I don't really know about. Like It was just kind of tutorially. It just didn't really hook me. It did not grab me at all. The combat felt great, yes, and I was playing on performance mode at the time and despite that, like it still chugged and it was just not living up to the hype that I had. That said, once I got out of that beginning area and I moved into a settlement and I started meeting some of what I'm assuming are going to be the main characters of this game and interacting with them and really kind of getting a hang of the map, which is like a little bit, it's better this time around, and getting a hang of how this game operates, how you can and find new objectives and, and do new side quests, then it really started clicking and now it's all I can think about. So I say this because, again, if you're not someone who immediately walks into a Star Wars setting and splooges your pants, you know, just give it a couple hours until it starts to open up and you start to see the colors of this game and the people and the characters and the culture of it. And then I think it's really going to turn into something special. And that's the point I'm at right now. So, again, and I still think Cal is a relatively boring character. I'm just going to say it. But I think, you know, it's kind of, he might be that way intentionally. He's the typical hero character as of right now where I'm at, where he is just like I gotta get my justice, and I gotta live for all my fallen comrades. He's written as a very like typical Disney hero. But I think it's the sort of thing is why you have Cortana with Master Chief, why you have Vimir with Kratos. Like, you know, you have these main characters, and they need some personality, and I think that's where the other people are going to come in. And you have BD1, and he's adorable, but he's a robot, and he beeps and he boops, and I love him, but he doesn't tell funny jokes.
2: He you know? doesn't okay. tell funny jokes. That's that's true. Danny, you have played yeah. substantially more of the game.
0: 32 that's, hours. That exactly. is that
2: is a lot, and a Paris lot. reviewed the game for you guys yeah. officially, right? And
0: yeah, Buffalo. You guys we, we gave it did. pretty yeah. glowing
2: remarks. You called it I quote at twitter.com slash Godfrey. Ooh. <laughs> yes. You said the best Star Wars game ever.
0: Yes. I in put it high up there with Knights of Old Republic. Okay, okay. That's okay. my that's my favorite Star Wars game. And then Fallen Order came out, and then that one surpassed by a little bit. But I feel like this one surpassed it by a lot. Tell opinion. me more. Look, this is a spoiler-free review, but I felt and Brittany, I, I agree with you. In the beginning of the game, it's a little, it's a little bit slow, you know. But, mm-hmm. but that's a, it's a warm up. It's a warm up later. Once you start discovering new locations and new characters and new bosses and new stuff that I'm not going to say, it's it's amazing. Like, there was moments that even gave me goosebumps. Like, I was like, Ooh. multiple times. I was like, oh, my God. And it's hard for me to, to experience that in games. Really, really hard for me to experience that. And I got that multiple times in this game. That I'm like, okay. The thing is, Respawn always been great at uh, storytelling. With Even with Timefall 2, with Fallen Order. Even with Apex, they... They're adding some really cool story in there in, really? in that game. And they mastered all that, and they made this a gem. Like, I felt like this is definitely we're going to see this Game of the Year contender in multiple places. I can see this also in the Game Awards, also as, like, Game of the Year contender mm-hmm. to nominee. This game is amazing. I think uh, it's it's really, really good. I love the the boss battles. There was one that was, like freaking out it was so it's so good it's so challenging plus accessibility in, in this it's, it's so good um like let's say you're playing a normal and you're stuck um you could change it to another difficulty which is uh padawan which is this one is like between easy and normal so you have you could do that or when you finish the game there's also uh more quests to unlock more hidden areas more challenges there's uh new game plus you could also do that too so yeah, I've been playing this nonstop. I'm still playing it. Actually, this uh, earlier today, Ray came to the, to my office and she was like, "Wait, I thought you finished the game." I'm like, "Yeah, I'm finishing it, but I'm still continuing. It's so good. <laughs> There's a lot of places yeah. that I still have to discover, you know." So, so it's, yeah. it's awesome. It's really and really
3: it's good. so beautiful too.
0: Like, oh yeah like, yeah, like
3: that's. I don't mm-hmm. think I mentioned that. It is just such a gorgeous and a stunning game, and mm-hmm. it is just so cool to traverse it. And like that, hearing you talk about it and seeing the footage we're showing right now, like I think I'm getting to this point now where it's starting to open up, and like that's mm-hmm. what I'm excited about and that's why I can't stop thinking about it. So I know that I'm like right about to start discovering this and that's what I want from this game. So,
0: yeah, there was a moment in Fallen Order that I was like that like, it was like mind-blowing moment, right? There's multiple of those in this one that I no, was is like
3: I'll be able to appreciate as someone yes. who doesn't really Okay. Yes,
0: I think it's more of like the experience, like the boss battle experience, the mm. combat experience makes it even more like wow, a, a lot of I think what
2: fun. they do so well, so, the team at Respawn is that they are balancing the very popular Soulsborne style of combat with an mm. open world action adventure puzzle based game. And doing that is tough. I mean, even if we look at a game like Elden Ring, which had a lot of puzzle elements in it, it wasn't the same, right? It was a very different style of game narratively than than this game is. And I think what is great about this is, as you mentioned, there's multiple accessibility settings. EA and Respawn actually put out a whole press release just about the different accessibility. I tweeted that I was having trouble with the combat, but thank God for baby ass baby mode. There are five different difficulty settings, by the way. And the pro tip that I said on Twitter, which I highly recommend everybody do if you're planning to play this game, unless you, you know, again, enjoy the pain and suffering of a challenge in games, and there's people out there who do, is that if you go into the settings, you can toggle off fall damage for exploration falls, meaning while you're, Wall running or climbing on anything. If you fall, you won't take health damage. I didn't realize for an embarrassing amount of time that that's why I kept losing so much health was that I kept making these mistakes (laughs) like in the traversal part and I would fall off be like, oh, it's fine. I'll just respawn. I'm good. I'm good. Not realizing it was tick, tick, ticking down my health bar. I found it in the accessibility settings. I was like, okay, perfect. Check that off. Now I can traverse without worry and if I fall while I'm running around and exploring, I don't have to worry about it so i love that they give you options to play the game that you want so you can explore these worlds uncover these cool narrative moments and just have that immersion of being lost in the star wars world that respawn has created but you could also have the crazy challenge like so i that's the one thing that keeps holding me back from fully loving this game as much because it's harder this game is harder than the first game was and I have less time now than I did when I played Fallen Order and so I'm like the three stim packs that I have at the point of the game that I'm at and obviously you upgrade that as you go throughout the game like dying and then resting and having all of the enemies reset when you get to meditation points is just like I hate it and I hate that I have to rest because that I'm going to die because when you die you lose all of the XP that you've gained since your last experience point and then you have to go Go find the thing that killed you in the world and damage them to get your XP back. And I don't like that mechanic at all. I wanted to go away, but I understand why they did it. I just it makes me sad.
0: <laughs> but but Andrea, you could easily change the difficulty to. Yes. Either the easiest, which is story mode or Padawan. Yeah. You know, no, I'm I on think, I'm on Padawan he, he, he. right
2: now. So I started it as Jedi yeah. Knight because when I did the preview, yeah, same. I was okay. I mm. didn't I didn't feel like I struggled, but I maybe it's because I'm just being more cavalier now and I'm exploring a lot more. And so if I'm Mm. in between meditation points, because in the world, you do find the the meditation points, like the save points where you can apply perks and ability points and things like that, change your stances and whatnot. Mm. I just kept kept running into problems, especially I I did a mini boss fight. And when I died in the middle of the mini boss fight, it put me way back in the level. And I was like, very mad about it. Mm -hmm. I was like, this is... Bad game design, controller throw. And then I was like, actually, it's not It's not like they didn't tell me it was coming. It's not like I can't change the difficulty. I'm just mad because I've, I've failed. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. I, I, I have to bring this up because I know there's been conversation online about uh, about the game, uh, like the bugs and stuff. So uh, I've been playing it on a PC, and I was having issues. It was, I was getting crashes left to right all the time frame rate was pretty terrible right so what i did was i changed it because i was playing high, like all the settings all the way high right maxed so out. i changed it yeah maxed out so then i changed it to medium and i was getting less of those issues but now recently there is a new update that just came out and it's been a lot better not perfect but it's still good but it like it never really stopped me from actually playing the game i, I still uh, kept on because the story is so good and uh, I just had to figure that out. Like there was one time it crashed like back-to-back back three or four times Ooh. I got really frustrated but that I didn't realize about the settings that's when ever since I changed it it, it, it played and really, really, I good. definitely so, recommended to yeah. people
2: who were asking me on Twitter I know Brittany you mentioned you played in performance mode on console I actually recommend to people to play in quality mode lock the frame rate at 30 FPS on console the game is going to run better it's gonna look better unless you're playing mm-hmm. at the highest difficulty setting and you need those extra frames which i mean i would recommend for your first playthrough don't maybe the game just is not running up to the caliber that you're going to want it to run at 60 frames per second i I appreciate that the team at respawn and ea is being transparent about that they're like yo like it's just running better at 30 frames per second and we're seeing other games are having these issues as well there's been a couple of games that have come forward and been like hey like 30 FPS locked for console right now. And so I have recommended to people, like if you want the best console experience, I would go with quality mode over performance right now. I mean, they did push a day zero patch, but I think it needs more. I think it needs a little bit more polish.
3: Yeah, so the, so I was getting a lot of chugging on performance and then the patch came out and I just played it last night and it was probably like 80% better. But there are a lot of moments when I'm spinning the camera and it does the same amount of chugging. But usually that's when you're around resource heavy, like- water and stuff moving and sometimes it works fine and other times it doesn't but other than that yeah i only had one hard crash and then obviously like this was a reviewer specific thing i thought i had done the right thing and i didn't we got a patch and then i lost some of my progress and that was kind Mm -hmm. of annoying but um i am hearing from a lot of people though despite all the technical issues that there's like you were saying it's just still like an, an amazing incredible game and
2: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, everything but better, right? Bigger, more NPCs, the, the hub world, being able to recruit characters, more exploration, more customization. It's basically if you liked Fallen Order or if you loved Fallen Order, you should not miss Jedi Survivor. It's better in literally every way.
0: Yeah, and there's fast travel. Which thank, thank, thank you for that because the <laughs> folly Wilder had to like walk from oh one my place
2: God. to yes. the other.
0: It was taking forever, and this one's a lot faster. Plus, having side quests, you don't have to just work and on the campaign. And the mounts, you just do oh, that, the mounts you
2: know? are so fun.
0: Yeah. It, <laughs> now I, I do have one thing to say, and the other one is a question for you, for, for you ladies. It's, the first one is I wanted to mention that. A couple people hit me up saying, Danny, so you rushed this. Did you actually like enjoy this game? Because you know they've been saying that a lot of reviewers are not having fun. They just play the game and that's it. I really enjoy this game. Like I was just focused on this. I asked Ree, I was like, Re, I'm taking a couple hours just to focus on this because I, I really love Star Wars. So I'm actually going mm-hmm. to watch uh, the 40th anniversary of Return of the Jedi in theaters for the first time uh, this Saturday. So... That's how much it love stars, But so the question I was going to ask you girls is um, what's like your favorite weapons of choice, right? For me, I, I love the single, regular, right? And I love the dual sabers, too.
3: Yeah, single for me. I single? mean, again, like, I, I'm not super far in again. But okay. I, I'm just having more fun with it. I don't know what it is. I just, yeah. something about it. I have a feeling, though, as, as I probably progress, I'm going to want something that's a little bit better at crowd control. Something that makes me feel a bit more strong. Okay.
0: I, I think I know which one you might get in the future later. later yeah, the I game. haven't.
2: But, yeah. okay unlocked the blaster stance yet, but I talked about it in my preview. So I think that's going to be my favorite because I like the ability to like pew pew in the game. But right now I'm all dual sided like that's I do a little bit dual, about, of dual wielding I'm with you Denny that the single blade stance is like classic and it's very powerful and much more approachable than the other two stances but yeah so I'm doing the dual edge right now and then the dual sided but yeah I'm waiting <laughs> for my blast. There, there's
0: one more weapon that's similar to the single one but it's more powerful and longer but just slower
2: yeah yeah that's the cross guard right yeah the yeah, cross yeah. guard
0: yep yeah, I didn't want to oh, spoil we it we talked but, about all five
2: stances so, in the preview that's though Andrea. So it's in pub,
0: yeah, it's yeah. public. It's public. It's, okay, in, it's sure. in all the trailers.
2: That moment where it's like it's the gif that everyone. I use the gif where he like holds the cross guard stance and like the yeah. two like little edges come out the side or whatever. Yeah, oh, yeah
0: can, so you know you know okay. this with me and I, I'm I'm doing the same thing with Zelda. Like I'm trying not to read and watch a lot of trailers. I just want to be surprised. Mm-hmm. That's the one thing since I started. I miss I miss that I miss that surprise. You know, so.
2: There's no surprises
3: anymore. Nothing's nah. sacred with you the internet. You basically have to stay nah. off the
2: internet sacred. if you want everything to be yeah. original yeah. <laughs> but discovery. Even,
0: but even when we go to, to previews, it's like you get to see it. You, you oh, get to say yeah. So. I, I
2: know I know what you mean. Yeah, mm, oh, yeah, yeah. there was when we yeah. previewed this game, yeah. I spent a lot of time exploring and the one of the developers who was overseeing my section of media kept coming by to be like, mm. hey, do you want me to show you where to go? And I was like, no. He's like, hey, do you want me to help you with this thing? I was like, no. He's like, hey. And I was like, leave me alone, guy. (laughs) Leave, leave me alone. I know you're just they, doing it. You you like, you're just doing your job. They thought you were stuck. But right. I'm like, yeah. I'm okay if I don't get to see like the final like boss battle that they wanted everyone to play in the preview. Because I was like, I'm gonna play it all again. <laughs> it's like it's yeah. mm-hmm. it's uh, one of the I'll say challenging parts about covering games as a profession is trying to balance when you're truly legitimately excited about playing a game. Having to like come at it critically, but also having to see things that might spoil it. I always, you know, try to figure out like, okay, how am I going to how am I going to balance this? And I know, Brittany, it's always so fun, like listening to you cover games that you're super excited about. Do you ever when you go to cover some of your deepest fan games feel sad or not want to cover them because you want to ex- ex- explore it on your own? Or are you like, I don't care. I need every minute with it possible. I don't care if I get to see it early.
3: Well, y'all already know about one preview event coming up that I'm like, eh. I think about games like Resident Evil. And when it came to Resident Evil 2 Remake and Resident Evil 4 Remake, I think what's hard for me is, as y'all know, I'm a freaking like weirdo and I scrutinize every little detail about the game. And what's hard for me is not playing 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 it like I would if I had the copy at home. You know, if I have the copy at home, I'm going to pull an Andrea like she did at her Star Wars. I'm going to look at every roll of toilet paper. I'm going to look at every, like, little piece of level design and put together a story because that's how I love to, like, play my games. But when you have a demo, you know, there are certain things that they want you to, like, see, right? They want you to make sure you get to this because then you unlock this mechanic and then you get to see that and that means you're going to be able to talk about it on your show and have the conversations about it and blah, blah, blah. And so I think that is what's hard for me is not playing it, Like I would normally, but if anything, it just gets me more excited. Like give me, I flew all day to play Resident Evil 4 remake for 30 minutes. Like, I not flew all day, but I traveled all day is what I mean. So, I mean, like, yeah, I'm weird. Give me all the games all the time. Like, I don't care. You're not
2: weird. You're one of us. One of us. Rihanna, I would love to hear from you as somebody who has worked on the other side and who has actually been part of the team who builds these, like, vertical slices for press to play. As somebody who also gets to approach other people's work as a member of the press, like, how does that color your opinion when you go to these games? You just have your, like, developer goggles on, or can you approach it just as like a fan of what you're about to play?
1: I think in a lot of ways, it makes me more appreciative and and just more in awe of how people can create these miracles that are video games, because I've seen the parts that are not fun. I've seen when you're playing through something and it's absolute garbage <laughs> and, you know, it's, it's, it's a big, huge title with this, like, super recognizable IP and it, it just feels like crap and it's just because things haven't clicked yet and I can see when there's a game, even if it isn't completely 100% ready, if it's not super polished, even if it's buggy or the level design is a little confusing, I can see how they tried and where they're going with it. I can see the potential a little bit more clearly now. Because I I, I can decipher the code a little bit better. So I get more excited to see games that are broken or pre-release or, you know, still trying to figure their shit out because I'm like, I get where you're going. Like, I can see it. Like, you'll get there. It's going to be great. So, I don't know. I think it makes me a bigger fan, honestly.
2: I love the positivity. I love it. Yeah. Well, any parting thoughts on any of the games that we've played? And we're going to check in with Brittany on some of the 15 titles that she played <laughs> next
3: <laughs> week. Next <laughs> homework next over week. break. <laughs> Mama's been busy. <laughs> uh, yeah, I would just say what I said beginning is... I didn't try to come across as too harsh, but the, yeah, the reality is, I thought the first few hours of this game, as someone who is a casual Star Wars fan, actually saying I'm casual is an overstatement. It, they they weren't engaging enough. I didn't think Cal did anything very exciting, and I didn't know what I was doing, where I was going, and why it was significant. And that was for me hard to. It was hard to get my attention with that. But again, like now that I'm past that, I like I said, I can't stop thinking about it. I'm gonna play it tonight. I'm excited to meet more of these characters and explore these worlds and see what other surprises are gonna unlock. The traversal is really fun. I like the upgrade system Like, just, Star Wars to me is this big like mystery, I don't know anything about it so to be able to go into this world and experience it through a platform that I love, video games is really special and it's really cool because otherwise I don't really care about the movies, that's just kind of like who I am yeah, just if you're like me Just have some patience with it and just trust that once it gets past that beginning metal silo where, wherever you are, it it does open up into something that I think is much more enjoyable.
2: Use the settings to your advantage. Like there's so many toggles in the settings that you can make the game play as enjoyable or as challenging as your personal experience dictates for you. And I love that Respawn gave people that choice because... Some other games don't, and I think that this game is worth Mm -hmm. your time if you are having fun, and sometimes it's hard to have fun when you're running up against gameplay challenges that are difficult for you to overcome with wherever you're at and whatever your personal challenges are. So that is my big takeaway, is that I'm excited to play more because I'm like, you know what? I got nothing to prove to anybody. Mm, Turn on all the toggles on. Oh, (laughs) no. Oh,
3: no.
0: The only thing I will say... I. Feel that this story is better than the last trilogy that we got to see, and I go back to like the original trilogy. That that's to me, that's like oh, that's high the praise. Star okay, Wars. yeah, it's it's similar. I said the same thing about oh. Knights of the Republic and also Falling Order. Like those three games are like my best, my favorite game so far from from just the whole Star Wars. All of out of all the games from Star Wars, is that those all
2: three right?
0: So. Well, go
2: forth, Padawans and Jedi Knights. (laughs) Enjoy your time on the worlds of a galaxy far, far away. We will see you next week. Mark your calendars for Wednesday, May 3rd. From 5 to 8 p.m. Pacific time for stream shenanigans. The three of us will be together in one physical space, which will be wonderful. And then we'll have a new episode for you next week. And lots of fun stuff coming in the month of May. It's going to be very busy leading up to Summer Game Fest. Strap in, everybody. Oh, God. Great time to be a gamer, as everyone likes to say. Okay, that's it, everybody. Have a good weekend. Bye. (laughs) Bye. <laughs>